Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. When a baby is born, it is helpless and it needs the protection of its mother and uh, father in order to be able to exist. It needs to be helped. It is helpless. So, at birth, the baby is under control of someone else. As it grows, it stays under control, mostly of its mother, and then goes off to school. And then it comes under the control of its teachers. And this period lasts until the child is about 10, 11, 12. And then it becomes under the control of its mother, father, teachers, and friends. And this continues to go on until the child finishes school. And then the child is out on its own. And what happens when it's out on its own? It's picked up a lot of things. It's picked up the attitude of its parents. It's picked up the attitude of its teachers. And it's picked up the attitude of his friends. So now... This child, being 18, 20, 21, 22 years old, goes out and attempts to interface with the world and work with the world. Um, And what is the tool that it uses to work with the world? It uses its mind. And what has the mind done up to this time? It's absorbed the attitudes of the parents and the teachers and the friends. And it now comes into the world ready to go with all of these attitudes and all of these perceptions and all of these ideas as to how things should be. Of course, there were other things thrown in television, newspapers, magazines, radio, movies. Now, the child is accosted by the culture of where it has been brought up, and every place has a different culture somewhat. And it takes this culture as reality. It accepts it as it's been told the truth by all of the teachers, mentors, uh, associates, influences that it's had up to that point in time. What the being at the age of 22 or 23 doesn't know is that the mind has no wisdom and that the mind is not necessarily your friend. That the mind takes you places 
because that's what it does. And it doesn't matter whether it knows what it's doing or doesn't know what it's doing or knows where it's going or doesn't know where it's going. It just goes. Imagine having a Garmin um, in your car. These things that tell you the directions to where to go. And imagine if that one wasn't plugged into anything other than itself. And it just spontaneously gave directions which had no connection to where you wanted it to go. Well, you'd still be going. You just wouldn't be getting anywhere. Or at least not with the intention of getting to the place that you were going. Well, the mind doesn't know where it's going. It has no idea what it wants to do. It just knows what people told it. Now think about that. The mind knows what people told it. It knows what you read. It knows what you looked at. It has responded to all of your physical senses. It's learned smells through your nose. It's learned vision through your eyes. It's learned touch through your sense of touch. It's learned hearing through your ears. A lot of what it's learned, you already have with you, and the outside world pushed these things on you, and you've accepted them. Very few people are skeptical about what they've learned. When they seem to have trouble with things, or things don't make sense to them, most people respond with, it must be me. I've done something wrong, and that's why I don't understand. Very few people say that the underlying culture that I'm living in has no sense of values and has no sense of what it's doing. And I've associated myself with that culture, and therefore I do what that culture says. There are very few cultures in this world that are wise. Um, As a matter of fact, the cultures are quite different as you go from place to place. And take the word culture, turn it around, cut it in half. The last part is your, and the first part is cult. Your cult. So every place we go to has a different cult. They've accepted that cult as reality, and they live by it. doesn't mean there's any truth in it. It just means that it has been accepted. Sometimes when you are in a situation that is extraordinary, something snaps inside of people. For instance... Uh, if someone close to them passes away, a thought comes into their minds. Is this all there is? What happened? This person was at the same place I was. All of a sudden, they're gone. What's going on? Or if you have a near-death experience yourself, you realize, my God, I was almost gone And nothing happened. Nothing's happened to me. I haven't changed, and I could be gone at any minute. But nothing's happened. I know there's more to this existence 
than this is. When I was uh, about 22, I had that experience. Uh, And what I did was um, I started going to esoteric bookstores and looking for esoteric writings that would somehow answer the questions that were now inside of me. Because one thing that I began to understand was that the mind could not answer these questions. And more importantly, nobody I knew could answer these questions either. The teachers couldn't answer these questions. The parents couldn't answer these questions. All the people surrounding me could not answer these questions. You have to wonder, why couldn't they? And more importantly, even though it was apparent they couldn't answer these questions, why did they keep telling you things as if it were true when you already knew they weren't and they probably had an inkling that they weren't? Well, they did it to keep face. They did it to keep their own integrity to themselves because they were in a position where they were supposed to answer questions so they answered questions most of them tried to speak in places where they had some understanding which meant they didn't speak to the larger questions of life they spoke to economic theory they spoke to attempts to make some sense out of Maya illusion, to make some sense out of the world of illusion so that we could live within it as if it were real. So the world of illusion, Maya, is now tracked in books. It's now tracked in theories. We have theories about economics. We have theories about social interaction. We have theories about almost anything that you can imagine. But what are they? They're theories. None of these people know. What they do is they watch, and in watching, they write things down, they make calculations, and they come to the conclusion. Uh, But it happens something like this. Bawa told the story of the frog. And uh, man wanted to understand how high or far a frog could jump. And he put the frog down, and he took a ruler and smacked it, and the frog jumped 28 feet. Then he brought the frog back, anesthetized it, cut a leg off, hit the ruler behind it, and screamed, Jump, frog, jump! The frog jumped 18 feet. And he wrote down, frog with three legs jumps 18 feet. He did it again, another leg came off, hit it with a ruler behind, jump, frog, jump. Frog jumped six feet. Wrote down, frog with two legs jumps six feet. Third time, jump, frog, jump. Had one leg now. I said, frog with one leg jumps two feet. Took the last leg off and hit behind and screamed, jump, frog, jump. Nothing happened. Hit it again. Jump, frog, jump. Nothing happened. Wrote down, frog with no legs goes deaf. And this is what happens with scientific method without wisdom. 
This is what happens when you are reporting what you write down without any deeper understanding than what you write down. But then, if you begin to look in other places, places that are not accepted by the general culture, places where other points of view are being set forth, you begin to understand things like there is a God. Now, most of you probably know that God is forbidden in our school system as if he didn't exist. But then you go to these alternative places and there is a God. Okay. And this God interacts with people. Okay. And there are people who pick up on this interaction. There's a resonance that comes into the world and there are people who are capable of picking up that resonance. Okay. And they're capable of transmitting that resonance that they pick up to others. Okay. And when they pick up that resonance, all of a sudden, they talk in a way that you haven't heard before. They talk about things you haven't heard before. And they explain them in a way that you haven't heard before. Okay. And they tell you everything that you see is illusion. But there is a reality. Okay. But that reality can't be seen. The one that you see, everything that you see, everything your senses interact with is not real. But there is something real. But you can't see it. And this is when most people walk away. I can't see it. I can't hear it. I can't touch it. I can't feel it. It ain't real. Oh, but it is. And it's the only reality. And you can't comprehend it with your mind. So the tool that you have been using your entire life in order to calculate your way through the world, you're now being told is without benefit to actually understand reality. And by the way, the reality is not what you see here or think. It's something else. And then, when you hear that the first time, you have to make a decision. Who do I trust? What do I trust in? Am I willing, on faith, to listen to what I'm being told and to accept it without question, without opinion, for a while, until I see if there's something to it? Or am I just going to go back to where I was and continue on the path where I was. Now, one of the things that's intriguing about people who are capable of transmitting this resonance is 
They're very nice to be with. They exude a certain warmth and love. They're non-threatening. They're easy to be around. Um, They're friendlier than most of the people you've ever met, no matter what they look like. And they come in many different shapes and sizes. And you can't quite understand what the difference is. But, over time, you you, you learn, you begin to understand that through your own experience and through your own interaction, you see that they've never turned on you. They've always tried to help you. They've never pushed you away. They've never been arrogant with you. Everything they did was for your benefit, and they never asked you for anything. You begin to scratch your head. That's not what I've learned in this world. That's not what I understand in this world. Everybody has motive, and usually that motive involves themselves. Now all of a sudden, I run into somebody who, in their interactions with me, has no self motive. What's going on here? And why is it like that? I had a conversation with somebody yesterday on the telephone, uh, a stranger out of the blue, and uh, she was telling me that her children uh, are good kids. Um, She's taught them morality. She believes they have it but they haven't become very successful in the world. And I said to her, in the final accounting, success in the world is not what counts. In the final accounting, (laughs) there are other things that go into the equation. And how much money you made is not one of them. And she hesitated, and then she said to me, you know, you may be right. Okay, I may be. The point is <clears throat> that all of the things that you've accumulated and all of the things that you hold sacred and all of the things that you are important, there comes a time when if you want to know reality, if you want to know the truth, you have to turn away from them. You have to give them up. Or at the very least, you have to give your attachment to them up and their importance to you up. Bawa would talk about stirring the soup. And you use a spoon to stir the soup. Now, if you use a wooden pot and the soup is hot, the soup penetrates the spoon and the spoon takes on the nature of what it is stirring it begins to smell like the soup the soup penetrates it or you can use an aluminum spoon an aluminum spoon is inert to the contents of the pot it stirs just as well maybe even better But it doesn't take on the smell of the soup. The soup doesn't enter it. It just does its work without 
being coming integrated into the soup. Well, here we are in the world, and we stir our place in the world. We stir our situations in the world. Yet, there are those who every little thing that happens in the world becomes a big to-do and a trauma and a drama. And there are those who seem to be able to go through it without much effect upon them. When I first started practicing law, for the first two to three years, I told my wife everything that happened, and I would meet with other lawyers and tell them the stories of all the stuff that I was doing, until one day I got tired of hearing the stories from them, and I got tired of telling the stories myself, and I said, this is what I do to make a living. This is not my life. Wow. This is what I do to make a living. This is not my life. Recently, they had the Academy Awards on television. And Jimmy Kimmel was the host. And he did ads for the coming of the Academy Awards. And he would stand and say, the Academy Awards are going to be on such and such a day. And he was holding an Oscar. And he said, and they are going to present the most important award in the world to the most important people in the world. Now, he meant it as a joke. But a lot of people don't. And they don't understand the nature of who's important in this world and who's not important or what's not important. Everybody's important. But through the choices you make, you can make yourself not important. (laughs) Through the choices you make, you can pull yourself out of the majesty that's been given to you at creation and put yourself in another place through the choices that you make. So what is it that you have to do? You have to find somebody who understands reality, can explain it to you, and can help you pull out of the illusion that you live in. Somebody who doesn't want anything from you. Because as soon as they want something from you, their motive isn't pure. And when their motive isn't pure, they can't touch purity. When their motive isn't pure, they can't see reality. They can only make believe about reality. Because they are still stuck in illusion and all of the things that illusion holds sacred, like status and wealth. They haven't gotten to the point where those things no longer matter. There's a story of this uh, imam who had a mistress and uh, on one particular night he was giving a talk on adultery to uh, his uh, congregation 
And people from all around the area, because it was supposed to be a very important talk, came to see it. And he talked about how adultery is punished by making the adulterer hold on to this pillar in hell that is at the highest heat imaginable, and he's never allowed to let go. And his mistress was there with him, listening to this story. And she was so terrified, she ran home. And when he came to see her that evening, he didn't want to let her in. She didn't want to let him in. And he kept imploring her, you have to let me in. Let me explain, let me explain. And so she let him in. And he said to her, you know, that pole really isn't that hot. So, so many people have been holding on to it for so many years that it's cooled off. And secondly, all that you do for me and the pleasure you give me relieves you of the sin and changes the nature of it. These people who talk like this hold themselves out to be clerics and important people, but they have self-motive and they are hypocrites. They... They explain things in one way, but they do something else entirely. You can't be a hypocrite and go on the path of truth. You can't think one one thing and say another thing and go on the path of truth. You can't be a jerk and go on the path of truth. You can't be a bully and go on the path of truth. You can't lie and go on the path of truth. You can't hold back and go on the path of truth. Reality is not available to people who lie. Reality is not available to people who can't love. Reality is not available to people who don't live in the qualities of reality. And the qualities of reality are not shown by your wealth or by your fame or by your associates. They're shown about the resonance that you exude in your life and who you are. And the choices that you make. You know, in this world, we can't control outcomes. That's in God's hands. But we've been given choice. And what is the choice that we've been given? To make the right decision. To choose God in the instances when we have difficulties. To choose faith in the instances when we have difficulties. To choose a one-pointed belief system that's unwavering when we have difficulties. So, when something difficult comes at us, We don't start to scream. We don't accuse the messenger. We just take it and go on. The ability to be inert to the consequences of Maya is a great leap in the progression towards reality. The inability to be inert to the machinations of Maya is a clear sign that 
you haven't been able to go on the path of truth. You've just been making believe. Now, what we're supposed to do is to the world make believe that we believe in it. But in truth, don't believe in it. And what happens to most people is they make believe, they believe in the truth, but they really believe in maya, in illusion. Why do people come to see somebody like Bawa? For lots of different reasons. They come for the food, they come for the women, they come because it's warm, they come because he's nice to them. But, do they have any interest in changing? Do they have any interest in becoming real? Not real in the sense of Maya, but real in the sense of Haq, one of the names of Allah, reality. There's a, there's a, a strong differentiation between reality in God's world and reality in this world. We do not understand how difficult it is to cross the mountain of egoism. We don't understand how difficult difficult it is to cross the mountain of self-love. We don't know how difficult it is to cross the ocean that is Maya illusion. We think these are small things. The truth is, these are enormous things. And once we can bypass these enormous things, then God is available to us. Then the truth is available to us. But as long as we treat illusion as a small thing, we are doomed to be trapped within it. People believe that it's okay for them to be angry. They should emote their feelings. They should bring them to the forefront. The truth is, this puts you deeper in the hole. We need to learn to control ourselves. We need to learn to be able to not have to emote everything that comes in our way. We need to learn to become still and quiet. Maunam means silence in uh, Tamil. We need to learn how to be silent. We need to learn that we don't have to express ourselves in every instance. It's all been expressed. It's all been said. It's not necessary for us to also say it. Unless we're talking about the truth, then there's an exemption. Then there's an exemption for allowing it. But before we do that, we should be very sure that we have some inkling about what the truth is about. 
and that it's not coming from us, that it's coming from the truth. Only the truth knows the truth. Only the truth can convey the truth. So if we want to be able to convey the truth, we have to become truthful. We have to become serene. We have to become generous. We have to become merciful. We have to be compassionate. We have to be forgiving. We have to be the qualities that belong to reality. And if we don't enter the qualities that belong to reality, we are stuck in Maya. Maya is everything that isn't real. You ever, you know somebody who when people talk about him, the first thing they say is, he really isn't real. There's nobody home there. And why is that? Because he's grounded in Maya. He's ephemeral. You can't depend on him. The qualities of steadfastness, the qualities of dignity, the qualities of reliance don't exist there. His words don't mean anything to him. He'll say whatever he wants at any moment. We need to be able to speak less and mean more. When we say something, it should be our bond. We don't need contracts to act appropriately. We do it because that's what is expected by the truth from us. And as we begin to take on these burdens, all of a sudden, after a while, they're not burdens anymore. They're a way to become free. We were jailed by our parents. We were jailed by our teachers. We're jailed by our jobs. And we're jailed by our mind. How do you get away from all of these jails? By not being under the influence of them. The mind is connected to the lower self. The mind is connected to the desire. And as long as the mind is functioning, your desire is functioning. And you're functioning on desire-based motives that travel through your mind that are influenced by Satan. Jealousy belongs to Satan. Anger belongs to Satan. All of these things belong to Satan. And as long as we are involved with his qualities, we're in jail. We're trapped. We're trapped by him. So we need some reflection on who we are and what our influences have been. And where did those influences come from? What were their motives and what was their reality? When we can do this and begin to understand this, then the light that is the truth will become available to us and freedom will become available to us. And when freedom becomes available to us, there's a lightness to your being that you've never known before. Because now you don't have to deal with the oppression of Maya. 
with the oppression of illusion, with the demands of illusion. You're no longer pulled in by the magnetisms and hypnotisms of illusion. You're freed from them. It's like put wood in front of a magnet. It doesn't work. Maya is a magnet. The world is a magnet. Illusion is a magnet. And it's trying to draw you. You have to become demagnetized. And how do you become demagnetized? Lose your anger. Lose your obsessions. Lose your desires. Lose your needs. Because there's a magnet for every need that you have. And it's going to pull you around by the nose. Do you want to be free? Or are you happy being pulled around by your nose? It's up to each of us to make that decision. It's up to each of us to find our way out to the truth. And the answers are not complicated. The answers become easy, except for some people, they can't let go of their needs. They can't let go of their arrogance. So their arrogance continues to grow and grow and grow until it's the highest mountain in the world and it can't be climbed. Arrogance pulls them around as if they somehow deserve your recognition and your obeisance. And it leads them to a life of hell. Do you ever notice that uh, people in Hollywood <coughs> disappear for years and then sometimes come back, sometimes don't? Wonder why? They're self-medicating. All of this need to be constantly famous and constantly be loved makes you sick. We need to be the ones who give love, not the ones who take love. And we have to be able to give this love easily. And if we're connected to reality, there is a never-ending cornucopia of all the qualities of Allah that become available to us. And the more love you give away, the more love you get. The more mercy you give away, the more mercy you get. The more compassion you give away, the more compassion you get. Don't be afraid to give. In the final accounting, the only things that are counted on your behalf are the things that you've given away, not the things that you've kept. We have to understand this, and we have to begin each day with a proclamation that we are going to move closer and closer towards truth, closer and closer to reality. And if we make that proclamation, and if we make that intention, Allah will help us with that intention, and he will reveal himself to us more and more and more. May he make it easy for us. May he open up the path to himself for us. May he allow us to understand very clearly the benefit of going in his way. And may that become our way. 
Amin, Amin, Yarabul Alamin. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.